0: Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeart Radio. We are back with Mr. Lobo as we talk about films, horror films in general. Mr. Lobo, you know, in the old days, they used to have all these people that we used to talk about who would host local movie intro shows. You know, the vampires and people like that. Sure. Morgus would the do that and stuff. Are they doing that anymore at local stations?
1: They are. They are, Perfect. and it's, it's an increasing thing. I think we're, we might be on the new trend uh, huh? of, of a trend of, of the return of the horror movie hosts. Um, you know, Spenguly, who uh, was the big Chicago horror host. Uh, there was a originally there was a. Jerry Bishop, who was Spangoolie in the early 70s, and then um, Rich Cause took over in the later 70s and into the 80s. And Rich Cause now has been Spangoolie for 40 years at his Chicago station. But now that Chicago station is part of MeTV, and so people across the country get to enjoy Spangoolie on a weekly basis. So it's kind of the best-kept secret is now uh, now everybody gets to see that guy. And, uh, and he's still, like, he's a Silver Age horror host who's still doing it. And uh, Dr. Gangrene out of Tennessee, <laughs> who's been semi retired for a while, is now doing a new version of his show in Tennessee. And uh, Joe Bob Briggs, who used to host Monster Vision on cable, has a new show on the channel Shudder, which is a horror channel. And, uh, of course, um, myself, Cinema Insomnia, I'm still doing doing my thing. It's our 18th year, and we're still picking up new broadcast stations. And uh, we're, uh, and I'm trying to think, oh, and Elvira, I think, is doing something for October, where she's Ah. doing a series of movies. Um, out of Salem, Massachusetts, for Halloween.
0: So we I lost Sir Graves Gastly out of uh, Detroit. Uh,
1: I know, and he was wonderful. Yeah, he was that one was of our fun. best. Very popular in Cleveland, but he was syndicated to a lot of other areas. That's
0: right. Did you, did you watch
1: him in Cleveland?
0: I watched him, watch him in Detroit. Detroit. In D- Detroit, and he got syndicated. He was working for the company that owned our station, Store Broadcasting at the time. And uh, they syndicated him out of Toledo and Cleveland and Detroit, and he, yeah, was, he was he was great. On, uh,
1: he was on in Virginia also. Yeah, he was he was uh, he he was widespread because he was so darn good.
0: And you remember my buddy Morgus, right, Doctor Morgus?
1: Doctor Morgus, absolutely, Morgus the Magnificent. Yes, and he did the the Wacky World of Doctor Morgus, which I believe was probably the first movie to ever feature a horror host character. And uh, he uh, he broadcast from the old
0: Ice House, right? That's right. Exactly, and he was telling Tom and and me some time ago mm-hmm. that he believes that the character that Jerry Lewis had in the Nutty Professor was based on a script that he had written that he thinks somebody saw and took the character.
1: I believe. I do believe
0: that. Yeah, I, I do too.
1: Doctor Morgus is very much Nutty Professor, I would think.
0: Absolutely, and, the um, teeth and uh, everything.
1: Yeah, I th- I, th- I think that. Yeah, I think Jerry Lewis. You know, I would be very surprised if it was just something that was in the zeitgeist and it was a complete accident. I, I mean, supposedly with the Adams family and the Munsters, that they they were unaware of each other and that those those two things just happened spontaneously at the same time. But that rarely happens. I, I think there's a lot of theft in Hollywood for sure.
0: Do we have any more Bella Lugosi, Lon Chaney's, uh, Vincent Price's around anymore? You know people
1: like to draw that line in the sand. I remember when it was it was it was just the old great ones, right? You know there was there was never going to be another uh um you know, um, Lon Chaney, you know, and then, okay, well, okay, we'll, we'll give you Bella and Karloff, but after that, no, there's going to be nobody. God,
0: I after forgot okay, about okay, Boris Karloff. Right, well, right
1: now, Vincent Price. Okay, but after Vincent Price, there's nobody. But you know what? We had Peter Cushing in, in the 70s, and, uh, you know, and, and, I, and I think even, like, Donald Pleasence in the Halloween films, I think he's mm-hmm. marvelous, you know? And I think Ian Holm, uh, who was an alien, uh, a lot of these guys, you know, even like Lance Heinrich said, I think of him as a great horror actor he's been in hundreds of movies you know so i, I think that, that that I think that time you know it 's like a fine wine. I think a lot of these actors that we 've seen in in you know 50- Movies, you know, they'll start having their people will start recognizing them. I think the big problem today is that we're not giving them the fun roles. We don't have a lot of people playing Dr. Jekyll. We don't have a lot of people playing Frankenstein or the Monster or Dracula. And so, and, and you know, now we're kind of in this area where we are doing all these reboots and reimaginings and adaptions. So I, I think that, you know, if you have people playing some of these classic characters, I think we will have. Another Vincent Price or another uh, uh, Peter Cushing or or Bela or or Karloff. We just got to give them good horror roles to do.
0: That's true. What do you think of Robert England playing the part of Freddy Krueger?
1: I think Robert England is an excellent horror actor, and certainly he, he definitely it would be considered one of the great ones of of, of the more of a more modern era. Uh, you know, and he's been in science fiction films like V. Uh, and a lot of other things. So, I mean, he's been in, in hundreds of projects. He's a great actor. And I know they tried to do a Billy Bob Thornton or someone. They tried to do a reboot with someone else's Freddy Krueger, and nobody accepted that. So
0: We like yeah. the originals, don't we?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, sure. I know when Elvira did that reality show where she was looking for her replacement, that just that fell flat because nobody wants to imagine someone else's Elvira.
0: Absolutely. Now, you've been touring the country, making appearances?
1: I have been. We, did, we were two months on the road, and uh, we visited, uh, visited a lot of people across the country and a lot of, a lot of friends and fans uh, from over the years, and we filmed some new sequences for the season. And we did two live shows in San Leandro at the Bow Theater, which I know you have appeared I've at. been
0: there, absolutely.
1: And uh, San
0: Leandro, California.
1: Yeah, yes, it's San Leandro, yes. And Dan Dillman gives his regards, the manager of the uh, Bow Theater. good guy and yeah he is a great guy and so we yeah we did two live shows there with, uh with an audience and and just we we did the the TV show complete with all the commercials and breaks and the pieces of the film and everyone got to experience uh what it's like to be on set for cinema insomnia uh in in a in a, in a theater environment and we did uh Sinister Creature Con, which is a great uh horror convention out there. And we did a sci fi oh the Intergalactic Expo in West Sacramento, which was another really fun uh event when I got to interview some of the original Star Wars um people. And um, we uh did uh, uh some psychotronic film festivals, which is basically kind of everything but the kitchen sink where they show old old school films and trailers and you know, weird uh industrials and anything you can think of all mixed together into one program along with horror and sci-fi stuff and it's a lot of fun a lot of nostalgia and uh, so we just we just had a great time did a lot of stuff and uh and then a friend a friend of mine um Showed me some really weird stuff. He, he he's a museum director, and uh, his his uh, uh, I guess the museum's jurisdiction. They kind of uh, had this house that they that was run by this guy named Doc Jansen, who um, was who made a local. Uh, this is in Kansas. Uh, made a local um, museum dedicated to the town, and he kept like w- weird you know, old bird's nests and photos of local residents and things like that. But he also had, uh, you know, uh, you know, he'd have like, uh, uh pictures of what he thought were of, uh, diagrams of Christian UFOs. Uh, he had, he had these theories of Christian UFOs.
0: A lot of people and, do.
1: Yeah. It was very fascinating. I mean, we were in, the, in his house until one, and two in the morning. He was just showing me, um, all sorts of things that this guy collected and, uh, you know, um, and they want to kind of try to present this guy's house because the guy was trying to turn his house into a museum. And the guy had ventriloquist dummies. I guess he did these sort of Bible shows with. The inv- I'm scared of ventriloquist dummies, so they had a whole <laughs> closet.
0: And full I of don't like clowns, <laughs> so we'd we'd make a great pair going out.
1: They had a whole closet full of ventriloquist dummies um, that were um, uh, made by the guy who made Charlie McCarthy. Aha. Um, uh-huh and uh uh so there was so many interest and there was a stuffed boxer you know the dog a boxer um, it was, they had one that was made into a rug and another one that was, that was stuffed. And uh, it was so many interesting things. And they're, like, and they're like, how do we present this? And it's like, well, you know, I don't know if I would present the guy as a crackpot. I would do it like Ripley's Believe It or Not and just say, look, here was this local resident. He wanted to make his house a new museum. He wanted people to come in here and see all his stuff. Why don't you come in here and see his stuff and make up your own mind as, you, as to how you feel about this guy?
0: That was Edgar Bergman. Who yes. came up with Charlie Bergman?
1: Edgar, yes, Candace Bergen's um,
0: father. Father, that's right. Yeah. Isn't it amazing, though, those things that really got people to watch television and do things in those days? Remember Kukla, I, Fran, and Ollie and all those Kukla, things? Kukla,
1: Fran, and Ollie, yes. And, you know, I would they work you
0: today? Know. They wouldn't make it today, would
1: they? I, you know, what's interesting is I was looking at Mystery Science Theater and I was looking at their shadows in the, in the theater there and I'm thinking, that looks like Kukla, Fran, and Ollie to me. <laughs> I think they're just doing that same thing huh. in a modern way.
0: I mean, the Muppets have made it.
1: The Muppets, yeah, they, have to, they, had to, they, they, they canceled the new series that they tried to do, but, you know, they're constantly trying to, you know, I bet you in another two years they'll have another movie or another series. And now that Disney owns them, they'll never let that go.
0: Did you also watch a lot of the old dramatic science fiction-type television shows like One Step Beyond, Science oh, Fiction absolutely. Theater, Twilight oh, Zone, all that?
1: Yes, absolutely. One Step Beyond was amazing uh, with uh, John Newland. Um, and, uh, you know, some of those were interesting because some episodes were totally documentary, you know, where he would go down to some South American village and, and uh, you know, uh, th- figure it out. It was
0: like thing. In Search Of, way oh, before yeah, in, in Search, Search Of.
1: Proto-In Search Of, right. And then some episodes were completely dramatic, where a woman thought she was shrinking or whatever. And then, you uh, of course, Twilight Zone, those were really one, speaking of, of fairy tales, they were all kind of moral, modern sort of Aesop's fables. that were very um, socially aware and intelligent, and we've got uh, I haven't seen any of the new ones, but they've just rebooted the Twilight Zone, and supposedly um, they're very socially aware and intelligent. Uh, Scripts. I haven't seen any of the new ones yet, though.
0: You've uh, you're looking at John Wick three too. You think it's too violent? I thought I. You know I. Now that's not (laughs) sci-fi. No, it's
1: not. It almost is though, because this is a movie about a hidden world, a world of assassins, and they have their own currency and their own doctors and their own. Like it's just beneath the surface. Like if you go down the wrong. Alley, you're suddenly in this totally different world, and um, uh, and uh, that was very fascinating. How they kind of expanded upon this world where um, uh, this sort of criminal underground led by something called the High Table. So it's you know it has it's somewhat fantastic in the way that it's it you know, has a lot of imagination to it more than just a normal movie about an assassin would. But, uh, uh, you know, I, the, I, I enjoyed the film. You know, again, I'm used to horror films. And, and uh, you know, I saw the violence as almost comedic because it was so constant. But, I mean, it is wall-to-wall killing in this movie. I mean, he, he it is like, it, it's, it's almost like, uh, like I said, it's so over the top that it's almost comedic. He kills a guy with a book. He kills a guy. <laughs> any, anything yeah. he can put his hands on, he can kill you with it. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think it's a good view. Vehicle for Keanu Reeves because he hardly talks in the movie, uh, and so a lot of people think there's no story happening because it's it's uh, there's not a lot of dialogue. But there is a lot visually happening, and, and again, they really expand this sort of idea of an under underground criminal world that 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 we've never seen before that's super fantastic. So anyway, that, uh, that uh, that's all I'm going to say about it. I, I enjoyed it. I thought, like I said, I was laughing at it because it was so over the top violence-wise, but the, there were some people next to me who were very offended by the violence, and, and so that was something that I, I noted and I thought it might be worth talking about uh, that, that uh, I think, and I think dropping into a third movie without seeing the first and the second, you know, this one I feel is just setting up a fourth movie so they're just fighting and p- getting characters in place for this fourth movie so there there isn't really a lot of a, a whole lot of story in this one but um uh, but yeah it was super
0: violent just talking about how i didn't like clowns and they've got this new movie coming out again the sequel to it Ugh.
1: yes it's chapter two which the trailer just dropped for and that they're going to have a big problem i think with that movie
0: really how come
1: well, I just think that everyone really was charmed by the children of the first movie, and now they're all grown up. Uh-huh. So, it, it, you know, the, this whole movie, we're going to have to, you know, these are going to be, even though they're supposed to be the same people, you know, we're supposed to accept them as the children from the first movie, and I feel like if they can't sell that, uh, I think it's going to be very hard. I think i think seeing uh, a, a monstrous clown from a child's perspective is terrifying, and, 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 and the fantastic, you know, when you're, when you're a child, you have that sense of wonder and, and something like that seems more plausible. I think having a bunch of adults fighting a giant clown might not play as well in a movie, but we'll see.
0: Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.